You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm Kip Adams at Dogs247, and I'm joined by my highly esteemed colleague, Rusty Mansell, also at Dogs247. We're, uh, we're running at two-thirds uh, steam here, but I got a battlefield promotion to, uh, to host this show. Jake, uh, you know, giving him a much-needed uh, day off from having to do all the heavy lifting here on the podcast, and you know, I got to be honest, it the weather's dipping up and down this week. Haven't really been able to get out as much as I, I'd like because every time I go out, I'm wearing the wrong clothes, Rusty. I walked out in the shorts the other day, and I had to run back inside. It felt like it was February all over again. Yeah, last weekend spoiled everybody, I think, with those 85-degree temperatures two days in a row, and uh, it was just really, really nice. I looked at my wife this morning, you know, and it was like 41. I was like, this, this is not – 2020 sucks, man. I mean, I know we got a podcast talking about we need to do a 2020 sucks podcast one night and put that down in our notes. I don't know how, you know, your your ongoing team battle is the week to week battles are going for you right now in that in that contest in that group, but for me, uh this this podcast episode is is br- sponsored by oreoofthemonth.com. <laughs> I I'm getting my Oreos shipped to me. I am not uh, taking any chances playing human frogger at the grocery store. I'm getting uh, new Oreos shipped to me each month at oreothemonth.com. And you know what? If if you put my name in there, you put Kip in the promo code, I think you'll you'll get like ten dollars off your first shipment. I don't have that set up, but uh, you know, just if you see a promo code box, put in Kip in there, get that sent to you. I've been going through salted caramel Oreos. Peanut butter Oreos, double fudge Oreos, you name them, I've tried them. I'm basically just holding steady right now with, with where I'm at right now, enjoying my Oreos each week, and and uh, and then every other day just working my tail off on, on the Peloton just to try to cancel things out. But how's it going for you right now? It's going, you know, I hit a, hit a, little, hit a little plateau. Um, I think I lost seven last week. 7.3 but the week before was like 2.1 so this is fortunately the last week in this contest so i am i am going to weigh in saturday morning and probably drive straight to bojangles or wherever and i'm really going to enjoy a meal this weekend so uh it's been good it's been good i i, I should get close to probably 25 30 down uh when it's all said and done which during a quarantine i'll take well you know, I'll see you on the other side of that. And with uh, with Jake not being here today, we're just going to focus on recruiting. And that really, you know, with us kind of kind of waiting and seeing on this college football season without playing guessing games, recruiting is kind of the focal point right now in college football. It's kind of the focus of what college coaches can actually do and and the effect they can actually have uh, on, on their team in the in the future. This is something they could actually you know make an impact on right now, the most impact. So. You know, looking at Georgia right now, they got seven commitments on board. It's it's a very solid group. I mean, you look at the the seven guys they got on board. I believe last I checked, it was the third highest as far as the average 
you know, average rating per commitment. It's a good group. You know, there is room for improvement here. You know, seven guys in May, you know, there, there is room for them to add a lot of guys. And unfortunately, you know, they're in the mix for a lot of guys as well. I, I put out a story, I think, a couple days ago. Georgia's 10 most wanted. Now, it's the kind of story that college coaches hate to see because they got more than 10 guys on the board, especially with oh. seven seven commitments right now. I mean, oh, they, you could easily do a top 10 for offense and defense and still leave some guys out. But I, I you know what? You know, I, I'm willing to go out on the limb. And and get some guys mad at me, but also just kind of give a, a lay of the land. Who who are some of the guys that that Georgia is heavily involved with? You know, we we feel pretty good that they're high on the board. They're coveted. They're wanted by the coaches in Athens, and you know they're they're in a good position right now. With maybe not even the leader, but in that top group, and, and you know in the mix with heavily as we go into the month of May. And, and like I said. There are some outstanding guys that kind of didn't make this list, uh, you know, on on offense. A guy like Terrence Ferguson, a top 100 offensive lineman from Peach County. We know he's wanted at Georgia, you know, highly coveted by Georgia. Running back L.J. Johnson out of Texas, a guy that, you know, we think that Georgia and Texas A&M are probably the top two schools in his recruitment. Again, top 50 player in the country, number two, number three running back, depending on who you ask. Dell McGee is definitely all over that guy as well. I mean, on defense, I mean, you, you look at four-star linebacker Xavier Sori. We know that guy is highly covered in Georgia. And you know what? Looking back, I should have had him on that top ten. As soon as I hit publish on this list, I immediately was questioning which guys I should have had in that top ten. And, and Sori was definitely the first one that, that came to mind. That just goes to show you that they're in the mix for more than ten guys that are really, really talented. So what me and Rusty are going to try to do today is just kind of talk about some of the guys in this list. We're going to go through it a little bit and, you know, we're going to each kind of give our take maybe on what we think about him as a player, maybe where we think things are going, just to give you guys kind of, you know, a general outlook on where Georgia is right now in recruiting, you know, for those of you guys that maybe aren't reading dogs two, four, seven every day. I don't know if there's any people, anybody out there, there probably there shouldn't be, but if you're on the fence about getting that subscription, you know, this is definitely just a good a good peek at the kind of content we're putting out there every day on the site, making sure everyone is up to date on Georgia recruiting. So with that being said, I'm going to start off with a guy that Rusty says he watched some film on recently, and that is tight end Brock Bowers out of Napa, California. He is 6'3", 225 pounds. He's considered the, uh, the nation's number 152 overall player. He's a top 20 prospect in the state of California. Uh, very athletic, a guy that Georgia got on campus early this year, knocked it out of the park with the visit, and just a guy that if you look at his film, you look at his verified athleticism, he's a guy that you look at Todd Monken's offense and the tight end position in recent years, this is the kind of guy that could really change things for how Georgia, the product Georgia puts on the field. And, it's pretty obvious why Todd Hartley, you know, highly covets this guy just based on, again, the size, the athleticism, the toughness, the intelligence. He's kind of, you know, there aren't a lot of weak spots in this game. Uh, Rusty, I saw you post about Brock recently uh, on the board, just looking at looking and watching film on a, a guy in Georgia and Brock as well. What do you think about Brock and where things stand right now? 
I think the first thing you look at him is his stats and uh, you look at a kid that had a 1500 all purpose yards. He's had an 18, 19 touchdowns. So it tells you he's productive. Um, you know, he's a laser confirmed four five, five at the opening last May, uh, 40 inch vertical six, three, two last May. So, you know, the kid is now probably six, three and a half two thirty minimum. Uh, what, what really what stands out when you watch his tape and how he would, how he would uh, fit into Georgia, even in Todd Munkin, who's done a lot of air raid stuff in the past, to go back and look at his stuff he did with Tampa Bay with O.J. Howard and those guys, the versatility. They line him up in the backfield, uh, line him up at the you know uh, the end position where he's blocking. Uh, they motion him, H-back. They do some wildcat with him, actually playing some running back. He's really good within space. And there's a play I kind of mentioned on that thread uh, talking about him and Miles Campbell, you watch a play where they put him in, in in the backfield and he's lined up and and they give him the ball and he's right there off the you know wing off the the left side of the quarterback. They give him the ball and the first guy penetrates and he puts his plant foot into the ground and makes this guy miss and all of a sudden he puts another move on a linebacker in a small area and he runs the ball for about twenty five yards. So. You know his change of direction, his twit, you know, the twitch. They always talk about being twitchy. Uh, you know, he's got sure hands. It just you look at Brock Bowers and you understand why he is such a big time target for Georgia. Uh, I just think that that when you look at what he is, they've got some guys that weren't kind of in that frame, but they don't have a guy that can run like this. I mean, Darnell Washington is a big dude. He is a massive dude. Darnell Washington doesn't run like Brock Bowers. So uh, you look at that side of it and you say, this kid is really, really is special. I really, really like his tape. I like where Georgia is right now with him. Um, I don't know if he's going to wait until September to see if visits open up. But as we tape this in early May, I really, really like where Georgia is with Brock Bowers. And, and that's just it. With, with Georgia and Brock, they're in a great spot. He told me, I talked to him last week, Georgia's doing the best job recruiting him. And his family, and I mean that's those are those are strong quotes from him. I think officially, you got Penn State, you got Washington, you got Oregon in that top group. Uh, really, the key is with Brock is he doesn't have that timeline for a decision. He really would like to see that top group one more time. He'd really like to visit that that group, and like with everyone else, I mean you're not sure when you're going to be able to make those visits again. So the timeline kind of gets put on pause. And if you're Todd Hartley, I mean, you definitely want to get this guy on board, but you're also recruiting other tight ends. Maliki Matavio, he's a tight end out of uh, Nevada. Once again, a place that with Darnell Washington, uh, Todd Hartley is recruited very well in, in the state of Nevada. And he's a guy that is thinking about making a decision possibly at the end of May. So it's these are big boy decisions that Coach Hartley has to make. You know, uh, M- uh, Maliki, he's he's a top five tie- tight end as well. So in the country. So what what do you do? What do you do in that situation when you know Brock is right there? Uh, you you have to kind of find that balance between patience and you know pushing it a little bit. Those are the decisions that that we're glad that you know we don't have to make. But obviously, it seems like Todd Hartley, once again, you know, this this cycle, 
in the mix for one of the best tight ends in the country, for multiple top tight ends in the country, has a chance to to come away with one in this cycle. And we think, we think as of now, for those immediately thinking about it, we we would think that he would at least sign one this cycle. I I don't know about two. The number situation is a little early to start making those kind of decisions, but we think one tight end kind of the early early situation at the position, and we'll kind of go from there. Now another. The next prospect on on the 10 most wanted, this one's one that's got a little bit interesting in the last, I guess, 24, 48 hours, and that's that's cornerback Nylon Green out of Newton High School in Covington, Georgia, a guy that's racked up just dozens of offers in the last couple of months. He's over 40, ranked in the top 100 in the 24-7 sports composite, uh, considered, again, highly athletic, 6'2", 183 pounds, an in-state guy. Uh, you know, Georgia been in the mix, been in that top group. And, you know, a couple crystal balls came down on Thursday for for Clemson in favor of, of Nylon Green. So kind of uh, things are getting interesting in his recruitment. We know that he also visited Georgia early this year. We know he also took visits to Tennessee. I know the offer from Clemson was a big one for him. And I know that I knew they were going to be a prominent part of his recruitment. He's been to Georgia at least four times that we know about. This is a, a recruitment that seems to be picking, you know, picking up steam and and getting a little bit more interesting. Maybe more interesting than what some thought before, uh, but one that we're kind of keeping an eye on right now, Rusty. Yeah, I mean, you you start to look at, uh, you know, we we certainly understand the the power of our network and the connections we all have. And it's pretty obvious. I did talk to Anna Hickey today from our Clemson 247 site. And, you know, she called me this morning and we talked a little bit about, we compared some notes with Nyland and she said that, you know, on her side, her sources uh, starting to feel pretty good with him. Uh, Anna made a crystal ball from Nyland Green to Clemson. Then Steve Wiltfong came in behind him or behind her. And then this afternoon, Corey Fravel. So, Really, when you see our two Clemson people, and then you see our national guy, who Steve, who does you know director of football recruiting for us, um, you know that shows you that definitely Clemson's vibe on their side is really really good. Now I made some calls this afternoon. Probably going to post some things later tonight, but I do know that um, I don't think this one's over. I do think that Clemson feels good, obviously. And if he decides soon, I do think it's going to be Clemson. If he does not decide soon, then that's obviously good news for Georgia uh, if they can hold him off here. But, uh, you know, Georgia, I, I did confirm with some sources, they, they do have a uh, – they had a Zoom meeting with him and his family this week. And we'll probably have another one either tomorrow on Friday or Monday. And that's normal. You know, they're, they're talking this young man and his family a lot. So he's a high priority for Georgia. And like you said, you know, there's not many of those guys like that uh, with his length and ath- athleticism uh, confirmed, uh, you know, 6'2", 185 guy at Eastside, at a Newton High School right there in Covington, Georgia, down close to Eastside where Eric Stokes is from. So, you know, it's a big one, top 100 player. Uh, if Clemson gets him, I tell you, that is – I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat that. That is a big deal to get Jordan Hancock and Nylon Green, who are considered the top two corners in the state of Georgia – and also really, really, really good players who are both you know in the All-American Bowl already as, as well. So 
Uh, it's just, uh, it's just, uh, we'll see what happens, but definitely seems to be some traction toward Clemson. Everyone talks about how Alabama, Auburn recruit the state of Georgia heavily. We've always talked about how everyone in the Southeast recruits the state of Georgia heavily because it's arguably the most talented state in the Southeast as far as that top tier talent. Clint, Clemson's don't, they, they do a good a job as anyone as far as evaluating, getting in on guys early, and, and just landing top tier guys. In this in the state of Georgia, so again, we we knew they were going to be a factor in his recruitment. I spoke to someone today uh, regarding Nylon. He says that the kids had five leaders in the last two months, and it changes all the time. But that again, I will yeah, I confirmed that that Georgia's got a little bit of work to do. He's he doesn't think that Nylon is you know. Close to committing. It's not something that's going to happen, we believe, this week. But it is a recruitment that, again, it's picking up. And I think there's going to be more twists and turns in his recruitment. And obviously, it's one that's kind of, uh, you know, caught over our attention now with these crystal ball picks being put in. Now, uh, going back to offense, you know, Dale McGee has one running back in the fold, has a chance to – potentially get one of the nation's best. I mentioned LJ Johnson before. Again, if he lands him, mission accomplished. There's another running back that George is also involved with out of Michigan and, and Donovan Edwards, 5'11", 190. Uh, he's, a, uh, again, a top 40 prospect. I believe he's considered the uh, nation's number three running back in the 24-7 sports composite. Uh, again, I think that he's got to be considered at the top of the board for a lot of programs not just georgia and so just like with lj johnson and the in-state programs there with texas a&m if you're georgia you're going to have to beat out the in-state power there in in, in michigan if you're going to land donovan edwards i think right now georgia is doing an outstanding job with him i think that del mcgee has really done a good job showing him how he's going to fit in todd monken's offense moving forward and and i think that you know, Georgia's got a chance to reload in that offensive backfield, Rusty. I think, you know, you look at Donovan, everything that he brings to the table, you look at his 24-7 sports player comparison, it's tough to to really give comps to the guys that have already done it, and done it and they've already shown us that they can succeed. But when you see the name there on his player comp of Alvin Kamara, you and I both know, I mean, that's, that's a heck of a comparison, and if, if you get a player that, that projects to have a similar impact at the next level, I think you, you got to be pretty happy about that. Yeah, if you get Alvin Kamara, I think you're very happy. You know, I, I, he doesn't have, I don't think, the, the I would say, step-for-step step speed as DeAndre Swift, but I see a lot of Swift in him where he can cut on a dime. I mean, he puts his foot in the ground and he is gone. I don't know if, if, if he raced Swift, he would beat him. I certainly don't see any concerns of a speed, but he's got that type of vibe to me. Uh, I see him catch the ball in the backfield. And, you know, the, these when you start looking at guys like this, we don't have to spend a lot of time. Like, this guy is ultra talented. He's number two on 24-7 sports uh, rankings, uh, number two running back in the country. And, uh, he's just special, man. You watch his tape. He has a knack for the end zone. He has a knack for breaking tackles. Uh, he can line up outside. He can do some things. That's where it gives that swift versus, you know, comparison for me uh, with a thicker kid, just kind of 
he's a huge target for Michigan. But, you know, the way Georgia has used their running backs and what they have done in the past and now these drafts, even with Swift not going in the first, he went right there in the top of the second. Um, you know, Brian Harrion signs a free agent deal. I mean, they, you don't have to really question. If you're recruiting running backs, Dale McGee is probably not the guy that makes you happiest that you're in a battle with because he can sell a lot for Georgia. I mean, what they do with running backs, and I don't expect that to change with a new new offensive coordinator either, but when you watch Donovan Edwards, man, his tape, it's easy. It's easy to watch, and that's the reason why he's a top 25 player on 24-7 sports. Going back to defense here, this a couple of these are interesting because the, the crystal ball says one thing, the kid says another, and then we got to kind of figure out, you know, what's really going on. So number seven on my 10 most wanted here is Dallas Turner, an edge defender out of St. Thomas Aquinas, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, a guy that kind of really rose up in the, in the, in the rankings this spring, just a guy that, Again, it has outstanding size, strength. Did great at the, uh, the 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 camp season earlier this year before everything kind of got shut down. The future 50, he was a top performer out there. A guy that, again, is considered a top 100 player on 24-7 sports. Potentially could be a five-star down the road just because he just seems like when you look at what he brings to the table, uh, it's kind of a, a – not a can't miss, but just a – Low bus factor with him. I've said that before about him, but he's a guy that, again, Georgia's heavily involved with. They have the last five predictions on the 24-7 sports crystal ball. That being said, I spoke to him, uh, I believe, last week. He said Alabama's got a slight edge at this time in his recruitment. So, again, maybe like Nylon Green, uh, Georgia's got more work to do in his recruitment. But, again, when I talk about – we talk about the kind of guys that Georgia's recruiting – you don't get gimmies in this. And that's why Kirby Smart has the the staff he has. He's got a guy like Dan Landing as defensive coordinator. And you go from top to bottom on his staff. You're going to have strong recruiters for that reason. Because these are going to be some drag-em-out battles that, that sometimes go down to the wire. And sometimes you have the, the last 48 hours with the, these young men and their families huddled up trying to figure out which school they're going to go to and uh, you know, like the Kobe Dean a couple cycles ago, when we thought three different programs may be landing this guy in the last uh, 90 minutes, and the college coaches felt the same way. They they didn't know where the kid was going to go. That's why you have these kinds of recruiters on staff. So with, with, with Dallas Turner, one thing is for certain, he is coveted by Georgia. They want him for that edge position. You know, they want him playing outside linebacker in their defense and they're recruiting him as hard as you can possibly recruit a guy this cycle. But again, it does look like, you know, Georgia is going to have to keep on keep on fighting because right now it looks like Alabama is making a big push as well, Rusty. Yeah, I agree. And the biggest thing right now is I think what you said a while ago, you don't get layups. and These guys are going to be hard, hard recruiting battles. The biggest difference right now, for Dallas Turner between Georgia and Alabama is his mother has been on campus at Alabama. She's never been to Georgia. So here you go. You take this quarantine, you take not being able to have G-Day, you take not being able to have visits in March and April. Uh, forget Georgia lost two weeks in the first because they had spring break, and, they, and then this deal happened. So, uh, you know, they lost, and they lost the entire month of February. So 
his mother has not been on campus to Georgia. Now, if they can hold him off, which I don't – you've talked to him. I don't think he's going to make a summer decision. Is that correct? Right now he's got no timetable for decision. So while I'm yeah. not going to lock him into waiting until the season, you know, I, I, I got to say that it looks like – I mean, he wants to take visits like everybody else. Right now it's kind of like if I can't take any more visits, could I make a decision – you know, I'll cross that bridge when I get to it, when I know for certain I can't visit anywhere before the season. So I think right now it's just kind of wait and see mode. Uh, it's, it is a situation where he could have a, a June decision. He could do something like that. And, then, and again, that's a situation where, where Georgia would have to battle something that's, that's outside the realm of their control right now and potentially just try to keep recruiting him toward the end of the cycle if they're not able to get him on campus again before he decides. Yeah, they got to get his mother on campus. You know, obviously that's a big deal, and she's comfortable with Alabama. So Georgia has got to keep doing what they're doing and hoping that uh, this stays open and they can get him on campus, which I, I do believe they will in September as quick as they can with his mother uh, to get that visit in. All right, I am not going to give away – the entire Tim Most Wanted. You guys are going to have to go to the site to read the, the rest of them. We've talked about some of the guys here. I kind of want to, you know, give our sponsors a chance to, to, you know, sell some of the outstanding products they have, and, and we'll get you on the other side. I'm going to put Rusty on the hot seat. Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, Rusty. I started off this show talking about Georgia having seven commitments right now. Again, a good group, a solid group, a group that is currently not ranked outside, you know, inside the top 15 because kids are committing left and right right now. Kids are securing their spots. They're trying to get on board. Schools are pushing for these kids to commit as well because, again, like I said, not, nothing else going on. So recruiting is just jacked up a notch right now. And some programs, I mean, you look at what Tennessee's done this month. They got 18 commitments. They're, if, if it holds, they got most of their class already filled up. And it's, it's incredible. Ohio State – They've got 17 commitments. They're already pushing the 300-point mark in the 24-7 sports team rankings. So it's you know incredible how aggressive some of the schools have been as far as getting guys to commit right now this early in the cycle. And it's a reminder that there might not be another evaluation period before the fall. And if you don't have another evaluation period, then all you have is the film that you've already watched over and over again and 
poured through to make sure you're not missing anyone, but you don't get updated evals on anyone. We don't get, you know, the opening. We don't get updated measurements on anyone. So we can only go with what we have. And also just getting in, you know, getting in touch with the high school coaches, seeing if these guys are growing at all, getting updated measurements as accurate as we can. It's really all they have to go on right now. So for Georgia, a solid group, seven guys right now. We are here recording this May 7th. So my question to you, Rusty, is do you think Georgia ends May with seven commits? And if not, what do you think? Who do you think could be closing in on making a decision? I, I would say they're going to get at least one. Um, you know, I sit here as we as we record this, and I don't have any hidden videotape. I don't have a story ready for anyone. I do think that Chas Chambliss, from talking to him last week, kind of told me, "Hey, look, I you know this, th- you know, if I can't take visits, what am I doing? You know, because I've been places uh, that that." Uh, have offered me, and it was like Arkansas had offered him the day before, and he hasn't been to Arkansas, so you know he probably would have taken that visit, you know, in normal times. But right now, he just kind of seemed like I felt like he was close. That's why I put in a crystal ball the next morning on Georgia for Chaz Chambliss out of Carrollton High School as an outside linebacker. He's a guy that you know, versatile player could play both sides. So if if I'm saying anybody commits in May, I would say probably Chaz Chambliss, and I don't think that would surprise anyone. Again, I know some people have made some comments about his ranking, but I'll make this very clear. Georgia has not wavered in any type of recruitment on him. They have been on him. They've told him he could commit. Uh, Scott Cochran's involved now. Dan Lanning's involved there. Dale McGee's involved. That tells you what Georgia thinks of him, and really and truthfully, when it's all said and done, that's what matters because you know their evals, not our evals, their evals are what they get paid for, um, as far as a college coach on the University of Georgia's campus. So uh, it's a guy they, they really, really covet, and I don't think it goes too much longer, in my opinion. I'll tell you one thing on Chas Chambliss. I, got, I was given two different player comps on him and by college coaches, and if he commits to Georgia, I'll have that on the site. But I don't think anyone's going to be upset with those player comps. It's guys that played a lot of SEC snaps. Uh, one of them is uh, playing in the NFL right now and was highly successful in the SEC. He's a guy that, again, I don't. I, I think it's it's really a, going to be up to the school that signs him to to really maximize how he fits in the scheme, but you don't have to worry what, about what he brings to the table. It's just as far as the the power he brings, the motor he brings, he, he is going to be a guy who can help any football team at the Power 5 SEC level. So, I, you know, whatever the ranking is at the end at the end of, of this cycle, that's not going to be an issue with Chaz Chambliss, and it probably isn't going to be something that he thinks about either. I think he's probably – He's probably doing leg presses right now, for all I know. While I'm sitting here thinking about Oreos, he's he's thinking about that that next max set, that set of six he's going to get. But uh, that's all we got for this show, guys. We will we will get back to you uh, Sunday or Monday with another show. Um, but for this episode of the Junkyard Dogcast, I'm Kip Adams. He's Rusty Mansell. Take care, everybody.
has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.